0: We'll
1: Welcome to the Sailor Noob Podcast, where a super fan and a noob talk about the original Sailor Moon, episode by episode. I'm your host, Mikan Hana, joined by my co-host. I'm the
0: co-host, Caliban and the noob, and it smells like teen spirit. <laughs> if I could smell anything.
1: Yeah, we're a couple of magical people rated in moon cosmic power. Make up this episode if we can talk. <laughs> Today we are talking about episode number 110 tachi no Shi, Tarusuman Shutsugen in Japanese, The Death of Uranus and Neptune, The Talismans Appear, the English translation, and the English title, Destiny's Arrival.
0: Yeah. It's Spe- a lot. Speaking of shotguns, um, uh, wow. We have confronted previously the spoilery nature of yeah. Japanese titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will test that today when we talk about this episode. Yes, An know. episode that, not to give a peek behind the curtain uh, or kimono, uh, whatever your your fancy, uh, as my rating would be, I don't know this whole show. I, I vouch for nothing that is said on this show. <laughs> we'll explain <laughs> why in a little bit. Huh. Um, but I think the episode holds up, despite the fact that you absolutely know from the very first second what's going to happen. Uh, 25 seconds in, I suppose.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, wow. Feels like we haven't done this in a while. Because
1: we haven't. Because we haven't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we're here in our new studio space, uh, which is not uh, completely uh, acoustically conditioned yet. Yes. I have some work to do still, so it might sound a little different than it usually sounds uh, up to our high standards of uh, broadcasting. Um, but yeah, got everything moved in. Uh, it was a, a Herculean task Cleaning the Aegean stables, yeah. Uh, you know, sonically speaking, uh, and then both of us immediately fell deathly ill. Yeah, and are really still uh, crawling back out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, forgive us if we if there's some sniffling or some coughing or we both sound like we're you know about to drown in sputum. But uh, yeah, that's what I we're mean, dealing with.
1: Yeah, that is what we're dealing with. Um, I I know that I sound different. I sound different to myself. Um and I'm nursing cough drops, so that's always yeah, good. That's
0: what that so <sniffs> sound yeah is yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, we are here uh, for you, the audience, because we are as excited, hopefully, as you are to hear this. We're the same amount, if not more, excited to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, apropos of absolutely nothing, <laughs> I wanted to mention um, as we were watching this episode, which is kind of, it's kind of like the end of. An arc, and I also am. the beginning of an arc. It kind of yeah. represents both, and we'll talk about that in a second, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until, like, <laughs> I guess maybe I finally have uh, confronted that this idea, much like some of our characters in this episode, that the final song, Tuxedo Miraju, has nothing to do with this show. <laughs> nothing to do with this particular series. Yeah. Maybe in the last ten episodes, I'm going to learn that that's not true, but they're just singing about... A Tuxedo Mirage. Yeah. And it isn't like um, previous shows where it's, we're trying to, you know, hint that she's the moon princess or that she's got a maiden's policy. Right. Uh, you know, got to be home by eight. Uh, or whatever it is. This is just a fun song. It's a good song. It, it's a good but song. It's a, it's I like it. it's got nothing to do with No, what not happens really. Right? thing, right? It's no. not, shouldn't it be like, now I, I think it should be like an organ piece or something like that. You know what I mean? Ooh. Or something more orchestral. Yeah. There's a... A sweeping sort of epic um, kind of confrontation that we're building up to here.
1: Yeah, that would have been great. I mean, it
0: can't just be silence. That's what you would do, right? That's the wink and the nudge.
1: Right. I right. told you,
0: silence is coming Yeah, right. in 13 minutes when the credits roll. <laughs> uh, speaking of music, uh, if you are an iTunes user or a user of any online platform for podcasts or music and you listen to us on those platforms, why not give us a follow? Yeah. Follow us on there. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. We'd appreciate that. You know, give us a, uh, well, hopefully a high rating, but I guess yeah, use hopefully. your own judgment. And uh, if you give us a nice review, we'll read it on the air.
1: Yeah.
0: Got a lot of really great reviews from listeners recently, and we'd like to keep that going. So if you haven't given us a review yet, please do that. We'd appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. It helps all the algorithms know that, that you're out there listening to us and that we're doing a good job. So... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you explained to me before. that. Don't you, you did- feel like
0: a candle melting down? Yeah. We should probably start before the candles yeah. completely melt.
1: I, I know. You were like going to say, you were like saying that you didn't want to throw off the balance and then you, you, you did your sniff. That's how so. the pros,
0: that's how the pros really do it, right? Just, they they're like, uh, farmer's frozen peas. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Was that good? Oh my god! How was that? No. Every time Kevin Conroy's like, "I am Batman," I <laughs> can't do that forever. <laughs> no. Mark Hamill went from being like, "I'm gonna go to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters," I know, to being like, oh, "Yeah, I love working with uh, George Lucas and everybody else." It's That's probably just true. because, like, doing the Joker, right?
1: That's probably a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, speaking of not wanting to... I guess um, I feel a little better. Do do you?
0: Well, I've got about eight of these monsters in me. What? (laughs) Speaking of having monsters in you... Oh, no! We should probably talk about the episode.
1: Uh, We should talk about the episode. Would you like to give us a breakdown of what happened? Well,
0: first I'm going to break down the opening sequence, which...
1: Yes!
0: Finally!
1: Finally! Contains
0: the... That's why I said, I feel like even though this is clearly the end of... Some parts of the story, I feel like it's the beginning of other parts of the story because we finally yes. see all those spoilery elements. They've been revealed now. Yes. Uh, maybe we should go over them again quickly. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we see Chibi. You know, yes, we see as a, a sailor. Of, yeah. Chibi Moon. Chibi uh, we see this mysterious young girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see lots of fairies or butterflies or, or whatever and they lots, are.
1: Lots of butterflies, yeah. We see
0: yeah. Um, what seems to be the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I missing? We see we see an image of uh, some kind of door and a monstrous hand sort of reaching mm-hmm. out around the side of the door. So right. I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: if this is all, and by the way, I was going to wait to gloat about this later. But Jesus and Tina too. I mean, this episode ends at a cathedral. Yeah. I mean, I never get enough credit, do I? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Why? We'll talk about it later. But I think the fairies fairies are interesting. Mm-hmm. Why not angels? That's more like ecclesiastical, right? Are angels overdone in in anime? Not at that point. After Evangelion, which would come out a year after this. <laughs> Maybe angels were like, okay, we're good. But like, I don't exactly understand where the fairy thing comes from. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's just get into the, re, really to the recap. I really
1: feel like it's more like butterflies than, than fairies. Butterflies,
0: I, fairies. I've seen a lady. She's got wings that are sort of bug bug wings.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I understand what she's you're But she's got saying. long hair. She's pink. That's um, a fairy. Um it was just the look that I think Nako Takuchi wanted to go with. She didn't want to go with Oh, within. this is a
0: manga thing. <laughs> d dispatches from the manga. Yeah. By Mikan What? Can I get to the recap of the episode? Yes. <laughs> we open on a rainy Tokyo at night. Everything is rendered in colorless tones. The city looks like a charcoal drawing. Mm-hmm. We move to the penthouse pool. Mishiru is stretching her long legs in a deck chair, holding a shell up to her ear and listening to the sounds of the ocean. But she doesn't do anything halfway. She's so good at shell listening that we're treated to an extended reverie of gulls and clouds and waves. Mishiru got to think about her whole life before she she listens to the ocean. (laughs) It's very atmospheric. It is. She makes every rainforest CD ten times better. And a voice says, it's not fair going into your own world like that. Mm-hmm. And she snapped back to reality as we see Haruka leaning over her saying, don't leave me behind. Do you hear a ticking sound? Yeah, I That's know. That's weird. Anyway, oh, let's I keep going. Know. Let's keep going. I guess that was probably about 20 seconds in. Uh, Michiru smiles at her and does not give her a kiss, even though this is where that would go. And it occurred to me that, I know that even though this show was very progressive in terms of depicting, essentially, explicitly, a same-sex couple, yeah, there wasn't any real physical intimacy between them and I don't know if it's because of censorship but it would have been another great contrast between them and the other girls Um, because like a kiss is something monumental and life-changing for a girl like Usagi because she's in junior high but it would just be something natural for these two it'd be like if Right. If well, not maybe this is a little farther down the line, but like if Usagi's mom and dad kissed, they you know doesn't like they don't think about it for the rest of the day.
1: No, right, exactly. I don't know what, that,
0: I don't know what a Coco mama's got going on. What a <laughs> game's like, but <laughs> but we have to just kind of just suggest it in like an you know Ellen sitcom way, and it's a little frustrating.
1: I understand what you're
0: saying. Misha yeah. says, "I've been feeling it since I woke up," and Haruka says, "I have too." Today, a talisman will appear. Mm-hmm. The Death of Uranus and Neptune. I know. Title card. We cut to the basement headquarters of Witches 5. Udile is assembling some kind of ad hoc technological device. I had no idea parsing out what was going on. But she's got like a can of tomatoes and like a floppy disk with wires attached to it that she inserts into her computer. You see this a lot in anime of the era. I feel like in uh, Akira, somebody does this, like puts a floppy disk with wires or something attached to it. Nothing works like that. That's not how the floppy disks work, but that's okay.
1: It's a weird. Isn't it just a weird anime thing? It's like, oh man,
0: I'm going to put extra juice into this <laughs> floppy disk. <laughs> she flips a switch and says, this should allow me to pinpoint a heart that contains a talisman. Her computer runs its program, and we cut to the Witches 5 locker room, where mm. I guess the Witches 5 suit up before the big game.
1: I, yeah, I guess. I bet
0: the Geek Squad has a locker room. They have that kind of aesthetic, right? Yeah,
1: they do. All right.
0: Yeah, get to the locker room and clean it out. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> Udile is in front of her locker, and she grabs her foot in pain, like I'm doing, because mine's asleep.
1: Oh, no. I got to
0: move. Bending oh, no. down, she removes a thumbtack from her starred croc. <laughs> it's yeah. got a little star on it. Branding. She wonders who could put this this tack in there. This classic prank.
1: <laughs> and
0: looking into her locker, she sees that all of her stuff is covered with snails. Yes. Not quite as classic, but it'll do. And to cap it all off, there's a note taped to the inside of her locker that reads, "Die, you station wagon snail woman!" Uh huh. <laughs> I wonder who they're talking about. <laughs> She hears in the next aisle her co-workers talking, saying things like, Did you hear? You dial failed again. She uh-huh. wasted another demon after all that planning. Why doesn't that old lady retire already? Maybe I could replace her next. And there's a particularly grating young voice that says, Don't talk about her like that. Anyway, the professor called me a little while ago, and he said he wanted to talk to me about something. Mm-hmm. Back at her computer, Udile is frustrated. She knows this is her last chance. Also, how ungrateful are these little skinks? She taught them everything that she knows. <laughs> it's no honor among geeks. No. Udile is particularly upset with Nanette, the young blonde geek who said the professor had called her.
1: Yep, yep, with a grating voice. Yes,
0: Udile yes. says, she's always trying to act cute, but the truth is she's really nasty. Nastiest skank bitch I have ever met. <laughs> Do not trust her. She is a fugly slut. She yeah. definitely put those snails in my locker. Mm-hmm. How many of you had snails in your locker from the met? Show of hands. <laughs>
1: No, just me? Okay. Good.
0: (laughs) So she's here. She's working on a holiday, no less. I like that they point that out. I know! So she's got like a three-day weekend to do this. She's working overtime to find this talisman. She says she'll get to be second in command if she does. Again, the org chart, I don't know. But this obviously will be good for her. And she'll make them all pay. (laughs) They have to work on weekends. Uh, Her computer beeps. It's found the talisman. And we see faces scroll by on her screen before finally landing on... We don't see. It cuts away. <laughs> but Udile looks blown away by who possesses this talisman. Yes. Because she doesn't read episode titles.
1: No. <laughs> exactly.
0: Back at but the <laughs> clearly
1: somebody she recognizes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right.
0: Well, not you. <gasps> what? Back at the penthouse, the phone rings. As Haruka stares out the window, she lets the machine get it, and we hear. This is Haruka Tenno's residence, right? It's always been a pleasure running into you. This is you, Ha ha ha! Now that I know your secret identities, it was easy finding out where you live. And you know what else? I know who has a talisman, and I'm gonna steal it! Victory is. Hey! This doesn't record long enough. I wasn't done! <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, it's a classic bit. No notes. Uh, it reminds me of the scene in the movie Swingers. Yeah. Remember that scene where um, the main guy, John Favreau, gets the number from the girl at the bar, you know, and his friends are like, wait like two days to call her, right? And he goes home and he immediately calls her, but he's giving her his phone number and it cuts, so he thinks it cuts off the last digit, so he calls back like eight times. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> until she finally just picks up and says like, don't ever call me again. Yeah, right. And he's like, oh, you're home, great. <laughs> yeah. And that came out in 1996. Is John Favreau a Sailor Moon fan?
1: <laughs> I just love it because it's like—I mean, it is a classic bit, but it's totally happened to me before. But
0: how you get it into an anime, an episode I mean, of an anime.
1: I know, and then but what I love even more—about more, fairies. I know, but I love even more is that we listen to her call back and we hear the ring and everything again yeah. and the message and, and the,
0: it just, the voice message yeah it just pans across the room like it's just laying in the cut yes So and um,
1: Herka is not getting this up the
0: show is at the height of its powers yeah she has not even reacted to the fact no. that the main bad Darth Vader called her yeah she's like oh okay Udile continues anyway you're searching for the talismans too right we might be willing to let you join us if you're interested come to the location that I'm faxing you now answering machine and a fax peak 90s (laughs) It is. Michiru comes in drying her hair and says I think she's telling the truth about finding a talisman and Haruka says just like our feeling, it's finally time and this somber piano piece begins to play as Haruka stares at her outstretched hands as if she can already see the blood on them Yeah. but Michiru takes her hand in hers and they do a little hand caressing which is the most PDA that we're gonna get
1: Yeah, I
0: know. She says, it'll be all right. I love your hands. And the piano continues as we montage across what our other characters are up to. They don't sing, unfortunately. Yes. Ami is in a library researching talismans. Makoto is walking in the rain, remembering what Sailor Uranus said to her about doing anything to succeed at her quest. We see Rey staring into the rain herself, remembering that Neptune told her that they were destined to be enemies. At Game Center Crown, we see Minako playing God-driving, but she's thinking about how despite the fact that Uranus and Neptune are soldiers, they're still opposed to each other. We see Usagi just housing an ice cream sundae. No, Uh, Usagi (laughs) is laying on her bed in a trance, remembering that Uranus said that they wouldn't hesitate to take somebody's pure heart Mm -hmm. in pursuit of their goals. Shingo. Shingo!
1: I know. Comes in
0: suddenly and says, Stupid Usagi, you got a call from a Haruka? <laughs> we cut to a street scene. Let's call this Not Actually in the Episode Boulevard. <laughs> and Chibi is telling Mamoru that Haruka called Usagi, and they're worried. Yes. We see a woman watching them. A woman with long green hair. hmm At the penthouse, Usagi arrives to find Haruka and Michiru apparently enjoying their gigantic aquarium. Like, it's just SeaWorld in there. Lots of fish.
1: I don't think it's necessarily, like, their personal aquarium, but it's, it's still a freaking rooftop aquarium.
0: Yeah. Well, so, like, there's a rooftop aquarium and a penthouse or two? Like, how does it work? I...
1: I- <laughs> Oh, I guess I hadn't really thought about yeah. it. Like is it their home? I don't home? ever see
0: anybody at that pool besides them.
1: No, the pool is theirs. Yeah. Um
0: I think they own it at the rooftop aquarium. I think
1: they, I guess maybe that makes sense because they do walk off into the helicopter afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Usagi, totally oblivious to the gravity of the moment, says, Wow, is it okay if I bring everyone here sometime? Uh-huh. Haruka and Michiru say nothing. And Usagi says, Is it okay? <laughs> Haruka says No,
1: but really, vibe check?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Haruka says We don't ever want to see you again, Sailor Moon And Usagi says But we're all guardians Can't we fight together? And Haruka says I won't let your half-hearted fighting Get in our way any longer And she grabs Usagi's brooch And rips it off of her Bad touch Yeah She says I'll hold on to this But Usagi says Wait, stop taking hearts from people Haruka says If you come before us again You'll die Rude.
1: I, <laughs> I know, it's so intense.
0: Uranus and Neptune, planet power, make up! They both transform and restate, once again, the stakes. We have to do that. Yeah. Uh, get all the talismans, uh, get the Holy Grail, silence is coming, the Messiah can stop it. Yeah. Usagi says, Holy Grail? Messiah? <laughs> okay, sometimes it's necessary to go over the plot again. I guess. For some people, I guess. I guess. <laughs> like the main character of the show. <laughs> A door opens behind them, revealing a helipad, and the pair board a helicopter that flies away over the city. I know who's. I want who's flying the helicopter. They Um, they must employ a a helicopter pilot. TC from Magnum PI. I
1: I imagine Haruka is flying the helicopter because she's.
0: That's true. You know, out of the two of them,
1: I mean, she is the one driving cars. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have my license from overseas. Yeah, that's legal. It's totally
0: real. Yeah not that tough to fly a helicopter yeah uh usagi is distraught but a voice says do you want to help them usagi turns to see the green-haired woman from before the woman says they're headed to a battle determined by their destiny but today is especially dangerous usagi says who are you and the woman says "Setsuna mayo their old acquaintance you may want to save them but you're in danger since you can't transform And usagi says if you know where i should go then tell me absolute legend I <laughs> catch that's how we're halfway through
1: I know I this know This is where it
0: really goes downhill
1: Well and I love that like Usagi is like she there's so much on the line normally she would be like wait how do you who, how do you know that I can who tra- transform who in the what's it and it doesn't matter let's cut to the chase Right How can I save them
0: The helicopter cruises over a body of water um presumably Tokyo Bay And grows ever closer to what's described as a church under construction. But it looks more like a gigantic cathedral combined with a series of oil rigs. Mm -hmm. Like it's a real chunky structure. Yeah. A church right on the ocean. Sweet. Yeah. The Church of Jesus Christ of Later Days Saints. (laughs) Probably worked too hard on that one. The church is called Marine Cathedral. Makes sense. Yeah. Probably sounds better than the original Japanese. And the helicopter lands at the... I guess, helipad that the church has? <laughs> I didn't know this was Eli Gemstone's church. Uh,
1: yeah, of course. Uranus
0: and Neptune stand contemplating the cathedral, and Neptune reaches out for Uranus' hand and says, we get the talisman no matter what, and we ignore if the other is in danger. Mm-hmm. And Uranus says, you don't have to remind me. The two enter the cathedral. You did.
1: Yeah, right, the two enter
0: the cathedral right? and are, <laughs> we'll get there. The two enter the cathedral <laughs> and you. are confronted with a long hallway with red doors at intervals on either side, and the doors have carvings of cherubs on them, and as the sailors pass, the doors spring out from their places in the wall and fill up the hallway on either side, trapping the pair. Elsewhere in the building we see Udile watching them and she's standing at a game table. It looks like a like a foosball table. And that's yeah. our table football for our Europeans.
1: Yeah, but it's um, like only got like one. It
0: just, well, it's modified for her purposes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got two small figures in the center, presumably representing Uranus and Neptune. Udile says, Let the games begin. And she begins working the sticks of the table, causing the doors in the hallway to rush at Neptune and Uranus. They deftly dodge each of them, and Uranus fires a world shaking while Neptune uses deep submerge to destroy the obstacles. It seems like the trap is disarmed, but one last door shoots from the wall at Uranus. Neptune pushes her out of the way. It is somehow grabbed by the door. The door... <laughs> Stick with me here. Yeah. The door hits her, pushes her over to the other side, uh-huh. then somehow flips around and goes into the wall so she's on the outside of the door.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Then it turns around again. Why not just have the door already open and it just pushes her into the hole that it then fills... I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's a sticky door, but... Anyway, uh, it reaches the opposite wall and disappears and takes her with it. In the main chapel of the cathedral, we see a giant pipe organ.
1: Yes.
0: Waggle, waggle. Waggle, waggle.
1: <gasps> waggle, waggle. Eyebrows. Uh,
0: <laughs> giant pipe organ. And uh, seated at... You'll think about it. You'll, you'll get into it. In a bit. Okay. Uh, oops, I think she got it now. And wow. seated at it is you, Dial, playing... Ten seconds. What else? But Toccata and Fugue in D Minor. Every like first year, you know, organ student probably sits down.
1: Yeah. Organ student.
0: What is this? is that a band name or is that what is that? Is that an insult?
1: Um. <laughs> this guy's I... a real
0: organ student. <laughs> Just going off of what Oregon we established. Organ
1: transplant student. I don't know. Um,
0: organ studier. Oh, he studies the organ. Oh my yeah, god. His own. Oh wow. Uh, I'm sure they sit down and go, banana and the teacher goes, hey, and points up to a sign. <laughs> no Takata. <laughs> no Takata denied. I thought this is the later days saints. <laughs> Eudio laughs uproariously and says, Sailor Uranus, I've taken the talisman holder. You two never realized Neptune had the talisman. I'm going to extract it. If you want to watch, come to the chapel. Yep. Uranus runs off to find them, unable to believe what she's been told. She cannot believe
1: it. No, she cannot. She
0: busts into the chapel to see you dial at the organ, and Neptune strung up on one of those red doors, and she's sort of lashed to it by organic-looking tentacles. hmm Uranus immediately sprints towards her over this long bridge in the center of the room, but red doors along the walls of the chapel spring open, and she is peppered yes. by dozens of tiny arrows fired from the doors. Not a good D&D player. Check for traps. <laughs> Plus, it's like the same, they are the same red, they weren't even blue doors. They were also red doors.
1: It's the same sort of thing, right? Same doors. Yeah, yeah. She's like,
0: oh, they can't get to me. They're across the gap. No, they're, they're going to shoot you. She collapses as Udial continues to play, or maybe not, because Udile pushes stop on the boombox next to her.
1: It's another great classic, bit. Classic. I don't know. I'm, she's, she's killing <laughs> she's, it. She's
0: just, yeah. She's, yeah. She's moving up. Uh, you fool, she says as she walks towards Uranus's prostrate form. If anyone but me crosses this bridge, they will be punished by God. She's holding her heart gun as she says, I haven't extracted her talisman yet. Oh, she's uh, she's uh, blasphemous too.
1: Why is that? She's oh. just
0: ding, ding, ding. I'm yeah. number one with a bullet here. Yeah. She's holding her heart gun as she says, I haven't extracted her talisman yet. I'm going to extract the other one first. And she points her gun at Uranus's heart as she says, Your heart that was unafraid to get your hands dirty to protect the world. Uranus scoffs at this and says, A talisman is contained within a pure heart. I can't have a talisman. Mm-hmm. And Udile says, up, 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 up. You'll understand soon enough. Of course, you'll be dead when I pull this trigger. <laughs> Just then, Neptune tears herself away from the door that she's stuck to, and she runs to interfere, but she is bombarded by a hail of arrows. However, she does not fall. She strains to pick herself up, and she continues towards Uranus, and she is showered over and over by projectiles. She collapses to the floor as Haruka screams out to her, (laughs) but still, she rises to her feet and continues down the bridge. The guns can only sputter, their ammo exhausted. With her last ounce of strength, Michiru throws herself onto Udile, but the witch turns and fires her gun, removing Neptune's heart crystal. Yeah. Haruka is in total disbelief, and over and over, Michiru's face flashes through her mind as Michiru's heart crystal transforms into a hand mirror emblazoned with her symbol. Her, her,
1: her Neptunes Neptune, Neptune
0: symbol. Neptune symbol. Planetary symbol. Mm-hmm. Michiru's body lies still at Udile's feet. Udial Udile turns to Uranus saying, I'll take your talisman next. Haruka seems like she's still processing that she and Michiru had the talismans this whole time. It's always oh. the last place you look. I know. <laughs> she looks to the sky. She sees the stained glass butterfly at the top of the cathedral's dome <laughs> and says, Oh, Messiah, is this the punishment that you have given us?
1: So is this the Messiah's cathedral? We'll do it later. Okay. Yeah.
0: Suddenly, a light shines through the stained glass window, and a voice cries out, Be not afraid. No, it doesn't said. <laughs> Stop right there. Haruka turns to look, and the light is illuminating a fairy-looking figure, this uh, fairy Lisa Frank Jesus. Jesus Frank. Jesus <laughs> Frank. We've got it. Haruka is like, I, 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 The Messiah? <laughs> nope. It's just Usagi Sakino. 14, bit of a crybaby, that's about it. Yeah. Usagi charges through the open doors of the cathedral and runs into Udile, making her drop her gun. Udile stumbles towards the edge of the bridge and is like, teetering on the edge. Finally, she leaps forward and grabs the block of a crane, which releases, sending it and her plunging on a line into the depths of the unfinished cathedral. Yes. Usagi tries to awaken Mishiru. She tries to get the talisman to become her heart crystal again, but Haruka tells her to stop. Haruka says... That's not fair, Michiru, going into your own world like that. No, no. She throws Usagi her brooch back and picks up Udile's heart gun. I don't know if it's brooch or brooch anymore. I've lost my mind. <laughs> Usagi understands what she has planned and grabs the gun, trying to wrestle it away from her. But Haruka yells for her to stop. She says, there's another talisman inside me. But Usagi says, you can save the world without the talismans. Naruka says, what? And Usagi says, I'll save it. Haruka's face softens, and she says, When you say it, I feel like you could do it. Earlier, I thought you looked like the Messiah. And then she shoves Usagi away. I know. And says, Sailor Moon, make sure you find the other talisman. She puts the gun to her chest and fires. The other sailor soldiers arrive to see Uranus's heart crystal transform into the sword talisman, and Usagi crying over the still forms of Michiru and Haruka. And the green-haired woman looks on mysteriously.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Jesus and 2 2. <laughs> right? What was that? TT2 features a, a heroic suicide at the end of it, doesn't
1: it? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. It does. Not uh, in a church. In a steel mill. It is a steel Which, mill.
0: Honestly, steel mills. like <laughs> That's probably like, I can see Sailor Moon fighting in a steel mill.
1: Well, is a steel mill like a church for the Terminator? I don't know. It's like where he was born. <laughs> right?
0: Right? <laughs> i barely go anymore i only go on steel easter steaster i don't know a steel mill is like a church no it's more like a a a, a maternity ward
1: oh yeah you're right all right it could okay. be a church
0: <laughs> the church of steel uh wow
1: Remember intense. all that time
0: that we complained about nothing happening? Yeah. What if we just did everything at one time? What if it all just happened this, at once?
1: <laughs> the, so Sailor Moon likes to do this, right? They yeah. like to do this to us where, I mean, some of the quote unquote filler episodes I think are quite good, but others, you know, not so great. Well,
0: I, 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 okay. I know filler is a term. It is. But it is also, if, in anime, but it's also kind of a pejorative Uh, adjective or or, or descriptor, right? Yeah. And so I would not apply that very often to... Sure, they go ice skating. But I feel like in the ice skating, they find ways to broaden uh, the depth of the characters. Right, right. You know, rarely is it literally just, I don't know, maybe I don't watch enough kind of episodic, (laughs) crappy (laughs) anime to know like how bad fillers gotten, but I like I feel like I've seen some episodes that are just like, all oh, right, you guys are clearly just like killing time here.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like that. Too.
0: I, don't, I always feel like I'm rewarded generally. Sometimes it's uh, you know just Chanel pets or something like that. <laughs> it's not that great, but <laughs> but um, it hasn't been filler so much as just you gave us this premise, and you have a thing where, and I mean, it's like even I kind of guessed it. If they're not anywhere, it's in the last place that you look, right? Yeah. Like it's got to be these, these two yeah. mysterious characters who are looking for this thing and can't find it anywhere. Gee, I wonder where it, where it must be. Yeah. And it, it's sort of like when you, um, you see this in movies or TV shows. Ooh, should we ruin the Wheel of Time?
1: Uh... Okay,
0: spoilers for the Wheel of Time. Maybe this will... Okay, we're going to talk about the Wheel of Time, but it's going to be on the Patreon. So okay. if you are... An, an inner senshi or an outer senshi. And, and you also want the Wheel of Time ruined for you. Sure. Here we go. Here we go.
1: But even like with um, the talismans in, in this, it's different than in the manga.
0: Oh. Is it different in a way that... Why don't you wait till the end of S to tell me how it's different in the manga? Okay. I feel like... Something bad's gonna happen if you tell me more. But okay. So so great. I don't think so. But same well, whatever. Uh so same situation. Uh they said, let's, you know, we've also we've got a weekly show. We need yeah. to do something every week. Right. And so I just feel like That's
1: a big part of it, I think.
0: I mean I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. I, I like this series so far. Yeah. I think I like R better, but I do like this. Um it's just like one of the first times that we've, I've complained before. It's like, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And then usually it starts going somewhere. But I feel like a couple of times I was like, okay, all right. I'm squirming in my seat now. I'm a little antsy. You know, I I, I want the story to escalate. I want it to evolve. Yeah. And it evolves in this episode. But yes. It, but it just took us kind of so long to get to this point. Um. So... Ju- we're not, you know, predicting anything, but, like, they're dead. <laughs> That's it. Um, clearly, like, they're not dead. Quick, get these two to Bob Floyd's. Throw them in the freezer. I know, right? You got to keep them cool until <laughs> we get their hearts back. Put them on ice. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, all right, well, um, I really like these characters. I hope they do come back. It would be a shame if, if that was it for them. Um, I liked all that talk about the Messiah. I can't say anything,
1: so... You know, no, no, yeah, and
0: you shouldn't, and I yeah. appreciate that, but... um. Uh, the, the the conflation of Usagi with the Messiah is interesting okay. and uh, confusing is this another thing where Usagi's just like every 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 season there's some new thing that we learn about and also Usagi is that thing
1: How how do I even answer that? You don't have to. You
0: don't have to answer that. I'm just. I'm pointing out tropes that happen, and I can't even. I can't really think. Maybe Harry Potter's like that. I know this happens in a lot of manga. I don't want to do a manga or anime thing, but Harry Potter's like that because you find out that like first of all he's he's you know whether there's there's like prophecies or something, right? Some magic prophecies or whatever. Yeah. But he's like this special child. He's you know the child of a powerful magicians or whatever. Or and and he's got this destiny. His his destiny is intertwined with the big bad guy. Yes. And then like every single thing is like he's the one who's gonna catch the golden snitch. He's the one who's chosen to to uh, resurrect the phoenix or whatever. Right. He's the one who's gonna win the quarter quell. No, that's uh, 100 games. The Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> right, right, right. He's the one who's like how can you that's a long resume. Yeah, I you know. know. What I, mean? I know. It'd be interesting if like we spread this around a little bit. So I yeah. hope that it's not it. What if what if Chibi just showed up here? Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. What yeah, if, right. <laughs> if Ruka's like, the Messiah? And it's just like,
1: sugar pink, sugar heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's never <laughs> met <laughs> Chibi, <laughs> right? For all we um, know, she could be the Messiah.
1: She's met Chibi Moon. And she has, no, she has met Chibi. When? She met her at the uh, Matsuri when the first episode that, that Chibi showed up.
0: No, oh, that's right. Yeah, they were catching fish. Catching Uh fish. No, she
1: was on Usagi's shoulder. She was on on the piggyback. Oh, that's right. She, she didn't was...
0: show up until after there. She would have loved yeah. catching the fish. She
1: would have. She mm-hmm. would have absolutely loved it. She
0: can go to their penthouse and catch all the fish she wants. <laughs> <laughs> um, Udile. wow, what a glow up. I know. I had, she all she had to do was conjure up an entire cathedral in the middle of the ocean and buy ten thousand arrows. <laughs>
1: Right. Uh, she bought them off of Craigslist. You know. um, uh, so you were talking before about like why weren't there angels? Cherubs. That's true. These are cherubs, well, I'm, but it's not as strong of an imagery as, as the the fairy. I want to
0: talk about the mythological elements because I keep wanting to dig into this and we haven't. And we'll, let's do it right now. But first okay. I want to say um, classic, classic bit. More comedy than we... have There's been suggestions oh that she's funny, but funny in this one. And, and the boombox thing is like... that Her doing that, that means that she just wanted to enjoy looking like she was playing. Do you know what yes. I mean? There was no reason to do that other than, oh, I should be. You know, I need a... To... I need like... When she... And then the hero walks in. Like, this is my villain moment. Yes. But I never... I never took those organ lessons my mom wanted me to take. So, well, I got a boombox because I'm a technical person. I'm going to solve my problem that way. And so she's got the thing and she's like, yeah, this is great. It's just like, I can see the Joker doing that. Yes. You know?
1: It, it was it was a really great, fun moment. Um, and I agree. And it
0: speaks to her character.
1: Yeah. And um, I, I really like that she gets a glow up in this and we get to see more from her. Also... Um, she says that she still hasn't revealed their secret identities to her superiors. Right. Uh, well, she got away. Here, so. here, here, here's a note, though. All the bad guys who find out their secret identities should immediately tell their superiors. <laughs> yeah. If the show has taught us anything. Right, but you know? I, I
0: like that there is a subtle um, critique of like corporate culture in... The Witches Five organization that's true. too. Yeah, because they, all the bad guys have a boss, and the boss is like, "Why haven't you done this yet?" It's been thirteen episodes, <laughs> and so that's a thing that like is always sticks around. But I like now that like you can see it. Okay, I really have to stop bringing classic action movies in, oh, but it's that's like fine. RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Right? You got Dick Jones. Yes, he's backing the Ed Two Hundred Nine. They're trying crime is Sailor Moon. They're trying to kill crime, right? Yeah, but Bob Morton has got the RoboCop project. Yes. So Bob Morton is the Mémet. He's waiting for Dick Jones to mess up the old yes, man. Yes, right. So he can come in, right? And so they are competing with each other. And then like Udall is like, all right, I'm going to pull an all-nighter here. You know, I gotta, I'm got, i going to show these whippersnappers how, how it's done so I can get a promotion. Yes. And so my boss won't yell at me. Right. And I can, you know, put her back down in her place.
1: Yes, So I exactly. like that
0: kind of thing. Whereas like our good guys just hug each other all the time and eat... Um, lemon sorbet, like Mm -hmm. the bad guys are all at each other's throats, which you get a lot in Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the Mm. live action show. Yeah, you do. That's all it is. It's just the bad guys just bitching at each other. I like it.
1: (laughs) I like that, though. I like the Dark Kingdom in that a lot. I like how um, competitive they are with each other. Yeah. It's pretty great.
0: Let's talk mythology. Yes. Let's do this. Come on. Let's
1: do it. Let's do it.
0: So we're talking the Holy Grail. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about this for a long time, I haven't, I haven't brought it up, but you've got, I know Jesus and Tutu, but I mean like you've got the Holy Grail, you've got um, Arthurian legend, uh, you've got the sort of like um, the, the Matter of England... Uh, and the post Vulgate cycle, you know, and the Madmanogian, and like all these, like, sort of English uh, and, and, and Celtish, you know, yeah. tales of mythology of the pursuit of the Holy Grail, of the quest for the Grail. Mm. And in the Grail, um, in the Grail quest, you know, the original sort of guy that gets the Grail or the guy that pursues the Grail was Percival. And in later versions of the myth, it was Galahad, the most pure of the knights. Galahad. The most pure. Galahad could do anything. He was the best. He was, you know, they're the, the greatest. Okay. Um, he was the best at everything. Oh, he was the chosen like one. Juggling fruit with his violin. Oh, my God. I think these girls are those characters. Uh, they are pursuing the grail, right? Yeah. Now, in Arthurian legend, it's written by white people. So. They always win. They can never, like, not win. <laughs> they always, you know, things get a little weird sometimes and you have to kiss a green knight, but, like, they always figure it out. Sure. But this is different. This is, like, trying to show a different thing and so it's tragic and they they don't make it the whole way. They're Moses. He he does not make it to the Promised Land. Right. Uh, and I think that that's really interesting. Like, not only do you... You've got, you know, elements of Le Morte Arthur. You've got... All this—you've got the Holy Grail. You've got all this um, English, uh, you know, mythology uh, and myth. But then you bring the Japanese side into it as well. Yeah. And then you also merge it with, like, just like Roman Catholicism, I guess. <laughs> so it's just like, like your salad bar, or more like going to an international market with a lot of stalls with food from different countries. Well, um, you got think... the three treasures, yes, which they have decided the are the three. Treasures. Right, yeah. it could have just been the Grail is I don't know inside of somebody, but instead they added three more steps to stretch it out, I suppose, into episodes. But and they picked the three treasures of Japan, so they're trying to make like a syncretic kind of story mm-hmm. using this, you know, the the Grail sort of cycle and using uh, Japanese um, their own mythology yes. and history as well. Yes. Do you know and- that in the um, Welsh myths and Arthurian legend, there are nine witches?
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: the nine witches are figures that sort of prefigure. Huh. Um, one of them is called Morgaine. That's a character that would be later sort of turned into Morgan Le Fay, the, the villainous of the uh, Arthurian uh, okay. saga. Ah, okay,
1: okay. Um, interesting, interesting. I thought so. Um. So the set of the witches five. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm gonna give that one to Nako because that's all in the manga. <laughs>
0: did um, she? Did she? St- did we figure out that she studied in England. Did she ever go to England?
1: I do not know the answer. That's to a big that. part
0: of Monaco's, you know, backstory. So
1: why? Um. I. I don't know the answer to that. Um. <laughs> I. <laughs> Because that's, like, one of the only Why? English Thank things you. that she says. Yeah, yeah. Right, good. Um, I, I don't know. Um, huh. I, I haven't seen anything that specified that specifically. Um, I do know that, like, her parents ran a jewelry store like Naru's parents. <laughs> yeah. And that her parents' names are the same as Usagi's parents' names. Her brother is named Shingo. Um, so I mean she put some of herself in there for sure. Yeah.
0: Um I mean she was in she was a pharmacist, wasn't she? Y-
1: well, yeah, she was a everyday pharmacist. Well, she really wanted to be a mangaka and her dad was like, You need to have something to fall back on not knowing that- Oh my god,
0: this is the same I love this. This is a rich people thing, right? Um yeah. I just did a, a podcast about um well that was also about Sherlock Holmes, and we were talking about Arthur Conan Doyle and the fact that he went to school and got his doctor's license. He was a practicing doctor, but he's like, what I really want to do is write stories for a newspaper. Yeah, (laughs) right. Okay, I guess rich people can do that.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, and not knowing that his daughter was going to be one of the Mm -hmm. most successful mangaka in Japan and also marry a very successful mangaka. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be just fine. Um, so I
0: just, like, you know, it's interesting. We've got the cathedral. We've got a holy grail. Now I'm wondering who this beast is. Are we going like, we're talking about an, an apocalypse, which is not present. And silence. Real, I mean, if you think of, how does silence religious? Uh, I don't know. It's not Speaking enough. of silence, um, you've got, <laughs> which you don't have in Arthurian legend, except for like, you know, Lamorte Morte d'Arthur. Um, okay. At the Battle of Camlin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so that's more like Christian eschatology, right? Okay, like the Book of Revelation, which has a beast, mm. which might like, have a green hand coming out of a door. The Is devil? it the beast of the apocalypse? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, and who's the Antichrist in this situation? Doctor G?
1: I maybe we haven't met them yet.
0: There's a bridge in the cathedral, and Udile says. Oh, you cannot cross this bridge. There
1: it is. The bridge of death. Oh,
0: great! It's Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Your
1: Honor, a courtroom is a crucible. In it, we burn away irrelevances until we are left with a pure product, the truth, for all time.
0: Oh man, this is so intense. Data is on trial for his life. I know. This episode The Measure of a Man is based on the Supreme Court's Dred Scott decision of 1857. And every week on Backtracking, we take a look at the real-world events that inspired classic Star Trek episodes. Sorry. Who are you? We're the hosts of Backtracking. I'm Caliban. You will both be taken to the brig and from there to the nearest starbase, where you will answer charges for what you have done. And I'm Gooey Fame. This is not a game. This is life and death. You can follow us on Twitter. Backtracking is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You go f yourself. <laughs>
1: Today, for Kuro Kuro Miro, or curiously looking around, where we talk about elements of Japanese culture within the episode, uh, we are going to be doing a deeper dive into Christianity in Japan.
0: Oh my God!
1: So we did talk Literally. about Literally. yeah, Christianity in Japan back in episode twenty-six, along with boxing because it was the one with the priest who turned <laughs> into boxing. I am
0: the King of Kings.
1: Yes, uh, but it wasn't super in depth. Oh my God!
0: Oh my God! What? The Messiah. Boxy, boxy comes down <laughs> Come i'm the king God. of kings
1: <laughs> you would just it's be so ecstatic i gotta make it happen somehow i know Sorry, go ahead um so just a, a little bit brief overview again in uh, 1549 marked the first time that um orderly christianity showed up in japan via portuguese catholics uh christianity became really popular with a lot of uh Daimyo or warlords during the Sengoku or Warring States period, which was 1467 to um, 1615. Francis Xavier was the first Christian missionary uh, in Japan and he was born in into... You sure it's
0: not Xavier?
1: It, uh, is it Xavier?
0: My entire life, oh, I looked really? at that name. And it's Francis Xavier, right?
1: Yeah, Xavier. That's what I thought.
0: Yeah, me too. And all the videos and documentaries I've watched about Francis Xavier and his work in the Far East, Christianity, pronounce it Xavier. But if you watch the X-Men cartoon, it's Professor Xavier. Really? Yes. <laughs>
1: I know. I had never caught that. Do not That's, say
0: it that way. I won't. Let's be wrong with style Okay. If we're wrong. All right. Sounds All right. good. Please um, continue.
1: The, he was born into an aristocratic family in Spain. Uh, Xavier became a founding member of the Society of Jesus, a.k.a. the Jesuits. Yeah. Um, the Jesuits were inflexible when it came to faith. I mean, a lot of faiths were. Um, but, other, but otherwise, they tried to adapt to Japanese customs. Um, They limited the amount of meat that they ate to better fit into Japanese culture, which was largely vegetarian at the time. Um, And they couldn't, but they couldn't be convinced to bathe every day as the Japanese did. But basically, uh, they came to terms to to bathe once a week or um, every fortnight in the winter. Um, (laughs) um, You take what you can get. Yeah. Although the Jesuits got along fairly well with most of the Japanese, there were mostly belligerent relationships between them and the Buddhist monks. Uh, the Jesuits frequently charged the Buddhist monks of being idle and sodomites.
0: Huh? So you're telling me that Mm -hmm. a bunch of white people came in and messed everything up for everybody. I am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to see more proof.
1: Yeah. And the Buddhists thought the Europeans were spreading slander, which kind of turns out to be not totally incorrect, (laughs) I feel like. Uh, Some of the most challenging parts of the Jesuits' mission was dealing with the language barrier. The missionaries were mostly working with Japanese translators. Um, but they were trying to communicate something that had never existed in Japan previously. An early mistake was when God was translated as Dainichi, which was a Buddhist deity. This led uh, Japanese to think that the priests were from some new Buddhist sect, and Xavier uh, didn't... I (laughs) did did it. I did it. I did it. Put it in my head. Uh, Xavier uh, didn't realize this mistake for two years. Um, they tried uh, "deus" or um, "deusu," but thought it sounded too similar to uh, Dai uso or big lie. So they wanted to avoid that. <laughs> this is I mean, this just shows you the trials and tribulations of tra- learning how to translate and things. religious
0: people aren't known for their sense of irony, so they're like... We keep going. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, they they settled on Tenshu, or Lord of Heaven, and the missionaries found that many translations carried Buddhist implications, so they began to use the Latin or Portuguese word for um, new ideas. Um, for example, they used the the term Vata uh, Ren for the Portuguese padre to refer to themselves so they wouldn't be confused with uh, Buddhist priests. Okay. Um, and, um, I should mention, I think we'd mentioned before that a lot of, um, uh, the missionaries did encourage people to not only, um, say bad things about Buddhism, but like, you know, and Shintoism, but largely Buddhism, um, but also to like encourage them to like burn temples and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, the Daimyo, uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, the second great unifier of Japan, initially protected Christianity, but supposedly he suspected that the Jesuits were selling Japanese people as slaves overseas. I don't know what proof he had of this, but... um, And it's also suspected that Hideyoshi believed that the true mission of the Christian missionaries was to convert the Japanese population to Christianity overthrow the government, and turn it into a colony. I think this guy's on to something. Well,
0: at least they'd get him to bathe a little more, or less.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, I I guess I understand where he's coming from with why he thought this, because once um, somebody converted to Christianity, they would be given a Christian name. Um, Yeah. um, You know, and I, I think that a lot of times uh Christianity not you know maybe it was just a faith thing but a lot of the times it was
0: It's a lot to take in for a country that has been completely isolated from all other countries for a long time.
1: <laughs> well, they haven't they haven't been yet at this point.
0: Well, they had previously no white people really knew well, about Well, that's it. true. They yeah. didn't
1: really know about them. You're right about that. Absolutely. Yeah. In uh 1637 Christians in Japan repelled against uh, Amakusa and Shimabara over violent treatment towards Christians by the daimyo Matsukura Katsuye, resulting in Iyasu's ban on Christianity. This was the largest rebellion in the history of Japan and convinced the shogunate that Christianity was a threat to them, causing them to isolate Japan from the outside world for almost 250 years. So that was one of the biggest factors to them closing the country.
0: Yeah, we still haven't watched that movie, Silence.
1: I was going to mention that.
0: Maybe watch it and we uh, talk about it on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, it's funny because, uh, and I'll make this short and you can continue, but um, it's made by Morton Scorsese, who is a huge Roman Catholic. Uh-huh. So I'm a little, look, what happened to those people sucked, but I'm a little worried that it's going to be a little too, you know, on the side of the Jesuits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're pointing out here that they, you know, they came in with not good intentions necessarily. I mean, obviously they wanted to spread their faith, but right. the Jesuits were like Catholics on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. And so they come in with their own plans and who knows who said what and who did what? Right. But then, you know, we got people on crosses all of a sudden. So, obviously, that's the. We don't want that. That's no, bad. No, no, no. That's bad. But I, I have a feeling it's like, oh, let's watch Adam Driver cry. And I hope that all the Japanese characters have the same depth that Andrew Garfield gets.
1: Well, they should. Kind of think that that's
0: not going to happen, though.
1: Because um, that is actually based on the uh, 1966 Japanese novel written by. Um, uh, Shusaku Endo. Um so Woo. it's um about talking about the local Christian communities. Um so I hope that the there are other Japanese characters in that that are yeah. um have more depth.
0: Well tune into the Patreon to find out. Yes. Um when we have time to watch a three and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Double double feature with Batman.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> The remaining Christians had been forced to publicly renounce their faith. Uh, many continued practicing Christianity in secret, in modern times becoming known as hidden Christians secret or, Christians. or uh, Kakure Christian. Um, and these secret believers would often conceal Christian iconography in closed shrines, lanterns, or in inconspicuous parts of buildings. For example, Himeji Castle has a Christian cross on one of its 17th-century roof tiles in place of a mon. Do we? Do you know what a mon is? Let us know. It's a it's an emblem um, used to decorate or identify an individual or fam or a family, or more recently, an institution or business entity. And it's it's like. Like, it's, it, can, it can be like a, a family crest. Yeah. It can be sort of similar like that, indicating that, and this indicated that one of its occupants was a secret Christian. Um, they worshiped in secret rooms and private homes. And as time went on, depictions of Mary modeled on the Buddhist deity Canon, goddess of mercy became common and were known as, as uh, Maria Canon. Um, and also, Jesus statues that were made to look like Jizo. Um, Jizo are like the little stone uh, statues that you see that, that kind of um, they kind of represent like children and sort of yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so basically, they were they were taking um, religious kind of images that would have been known in Japan and kind of but making it their own. So it was unidentifiable. Sure, Uh, The prayers were adapted to sound like Buddhist chant, yet retained many untranslated words from Latin, Portuguese, and Spanish. Uh, The Bible and other parts of the liturgy were passed down orally because printed works would be confiscated by authorities. Because of the official expulsion of the Catholic clergy in the 17th century, Kakure Christian community relied on lay leaders to lead the services. Um, the Japanese government wanted to root out all remaining Christians in Japan. Uh, so in 1635, the government started to require that everyone register at a local Buddhist temple, which in 1666 became an annual obligation. Besides the annual registration, it probably wasn't necessary to attend the temple. However, households were organized to keep each other under observation, and if one person was revealed as a Christian, their entire family would also be punished. Wow. <laughs> to avoid misgivings, most hidden Christians needed to have a Buddhist, Buddhist funeral as well. Another form of punishment as the shogunate's dis- at the shogunate's disposal was uh, fumie, or stepping-on pictures. These were small pictures of Jesus or Mary, typically made of stone, wood, or metal, and as implied by the name, they were designed to be stepped upon, a sign that one held no devotion to Christianity. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Apparently, that actually got... For some reason, that made it out into the world and... Was mentioned in Gulliver's travels. <laughs> like, Japan was like the one place that was like a real place that they went and visited. Oh, right. That.
0: Because he's going to all these like crazy, fantastical, make believe lands, and then, you know, Japan. Yeah. There's and there's the right. L- Lilliputia, and Japan.
1: And, and Japan, yeah. where, you know, they, they stepped up. Also, on... Florida. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, and um, in 1873, religious freedom was reestablished during the Meiji Restoration, and as a result, Christians came out of hiding. Uh, the Kakure Christian uh, became known as Mukashi Christian or Ancient Christians, and emerged not only from traditional Christian areas in Kyushu. Um, which is, I should mention, that's where the first Jesuits landed, so that's where a large Christian population was before they were um, forced to leave, Uh, but also from other rural areas of Japan. The majority of Kakure Christian uh, rejoined the Catholic Church after renouncing unorthodox uh, syncretic uh, practices, some Kakure Christian did not rejoin the Catholic Church and became known as uh, Hanare Christian or Separated Christians. Hanare Christian are now primarily found in Urakami um, and on the Goto Islands.
0: Huh. Um, so they're like, I mean, there's you can just live in Tokyo and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to church.
1: Well, so I there were um, some people, so because of they had to basically practice in secret for like 200 years. So this Um, is
0: kind of like Japanese Amish people? In fact that they are but just, I say that by like the fact that they are a separate community that is there because they're concentrated in a place and they nominally are of the same religion but have their own kind of practices exactly kind of ethnically distinct
1: exactly and and i think a lot of them felt like it was being dis it was being disrespectful or they were not honoring their ancestors you got to
0: give it to xavier yeah (laughs) that uh some people really bit down on this. Some people. Some people did. <laughs> I'm just like stuck.
1: Some people really bit down on like, A it. lot of
0: people are like, okay. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, no, this is this is my jam. This is really great. And I'm going to hide this under my Jizo statue. Yeah, right. So or, can see th- it. or this Jesus statue is, is Jesus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, hey, yeah, Jesus and Jizo. Yeah,
1: maybe they did that on purpose. The two
0: great tastes that, that taste, taste great together. together.
1: Yeah, taste Jesus. Yeah, that's weird. Or do you? Because the
0: communion. Yeah, good one. Good, yeah. good. Hey, you are 100 percent and that was a good one.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not done yet. Oh no. Um, no.
0: And then Martin Scorsese. No, arrived.
1: stop. Um, in the small, remote town of Shingo, Japan. Shingo! Yeah, Shingo. In Aomori Prefecture and the northern part of Honshu, lies a historic site referred to as the, quote, Tomb of Christ. Supposedly, Jesus didn't die on a cross <laughs> for Christian sins, but in Japan. Right. Uh, Few people seem to believe in the legend at face value, especially as many of the details come from the controversial Takenochi documents, which are believed to be, by most scholars, to be a hoax. Uh, Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) These documents report that Jesus studied Buddhism in Japan in the time between his childhood and the start of his ministry. You know,
0: Jesus did have... Remember, Jesus showed up... uh, like I don't know how long was he thirty three. Supposedly he went out. I think they just picked that because it seems like
1: seems like magical a and significant. magical number. But he was yeah. probably
0: around that age. Uh, and so he showed up. He was like Batman, right? Remember sure. Bruce Wayne left Gotham to study with mountain ninjas yeah. and and European detectives yeah. uh, and trackers and, and to come back with all these skills. So like, yeah, Jesus did the same thing. Yeah, Jesus gets out there. He's like. Make me one with everything. Yes. Uh, Show me how to use that katana. Yes. I mean, I won't need this, but.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, (laughs) so.
0: You don't like my fanfic. That's okay. No, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm fine with it I just I don't want to think of Jesus being Batman but apparently <laughs> that's what the Japanese want us to believe
0: so, where are the other loaves fish <laughs>
1: oh my god um but so yeah he's studying Buddhism in Japan and between the time of his childhood and the start of his ministry and that his teachings in the New Testament were rooted in ancient Buddhist wisdom uh these documents were reportedly destroyed during World War II
0: Convenient.
1: Um, and <laughs> so making verification of their authenticity impossible.
0: <laughs> that allied GIs ain't my homework. Huh? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. But like each year at this town, it um, there is a, a festival or a Matsuri that is held at the site uh, the first Sunday of June. And um, the people dress in like kimonos and they do this dance and this song. Uh, but the song that they sing, it's, um, really it's, it isn't in Japanese and it's not decipherable necessarily as a particular, like, it kind of sounds like it could be a couple different. So this is kind of what led people to believe one of the larger things that led people to believe that this had some truth to it. Um, and thousands of pilgrims and tourists travel to the site annually, making it, basically um, Shingo's primary source of tourism.
0: Is, it, is the song like <clears> a telephone <throat> game thing where they think that it came from some earlier, from other language or something like that, but it's just been repeated and now it doesn't really make any sense? I, but yeah, that's a really great question. Tradition.
1: That's a really great question, probably. Huh. Uh, that would make the most sense to me. Um, but yeah, and Shingo calls itself Kiristo uh, uh, no Sato, christ's hometown um and yeah
0: (laughs) home of the christ
1: yeah that's right um get
0: your get your t-shirts
1: and like so there's there's this there's this sign that commemorates the site and i should mention so there's two burial there's two burial mounds there and one of them is supposedly christ's brother Okay. Which I didn't know he had brothers. Oh, I
0: mean, he probably, he had brothers and sisters. Uh,
1: but so Christ's brother, so the sign talks about this. The sign says that Christ's brother, Isukuri, which kind of sounds like a Japanese name, um, casually took his place on the cross and then Jesus made his way back to oh, Japan. Oh, it
0: was a switcheroo. Yeah. It was a, a, a tale of two cities. Yeah. One of those cities was Christ's town. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then it was so the best of
0: times. It was the Christ of times,
1: yeah. So supposedly, supposedly what happened is he made his way, I'm sorry, I undersold that. <laughs> um, it was the Christ I'm it was sorry. the Christ
0: of times. It was the worst of times. The second time is better. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: He made his way to Japan somehow, like when he was very young, was there for a while. He
0: took the and UFO and the, the box lady.
1: Is that that's <laughs> maybe that's what he did. Um and then like somehow he This is
0: Jesus' death. I'm holding on to it right. for him.
1: And then it's like like he he like went back later in life, but for some reason that journey took way longer. I don't know, because it was more epic or something like that. <laughs> but the he married a Japanese woman, had like several kids, and lived to be like something like hundred and six or something like that. And just had a grew to an old life in Japan and I don't I don't really know what he did. The Japanese code. Yeah. So um but yeah, um and I guess I just wanna also mention that I think something else that's important to, to keep in mind when we talk about religion in general in Japan, uh, is that by and large, it isn't, um, a very, it is, and it isn't a very religious uh, country. I almost said company. (laughs) Um, Buddhism and Shintoism, you know, have been mixed throughout the years so much so that, if you ask, I watched this um, one video as they were asking Japanese people on the street about religion, and they were asking them if they were religious, and they Japanese people. I knew this because I've been studying, uh, you know, the culture and everything, and I made this distinction. But it's so intertwined, and they've just been so grown up. They've grown up with it, and they never thought about it. But they couldn't make the distinction that temples are Buddhist and shrines are Shinto. Right. Um, They'll
0: they all say they're religious, but they don't like necessarily well, go all the time. Then
1: or, and, not, and not even everybody says they're religious. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's very, like, I'm talking about the the similarities between cultures. I mean, that's very... Well, I mean, we got that here, too. Well, and
1: then, like, there were a couple of people who were like, oh, I am religious. And they were like, and then they were like, okay, well, why would you say you're religious? They're like, oh, because I have a Buddhist shrine at home.
0: I'm very religious. <laughs> Do uh, all the commandments.
1: I... I couldn't do all the commandments. Right, I'm not.
0: I know you can't. <laughs> Just saying that, like people who are very religious, religious, some who are elected officials who are trying to push yes. religious values on other people. Yes. Uh, do do all the commandments for me. Yeah. Right. You know, for first first quiz, how many are there? <laughs> that's how you get. Them, they're like, well, there's ten. It's like, yeah, okay. Oh, so you know what you're doing. So go ahead, give them to
1: me. Right now that you know that there's ten, uh, give them to me.
0: To, to, uh, Thou
1: shalt not steal. (laughs) Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou Um, shalt not
0: make IDs for my underage sex workers.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: This got out of control.
1: Yeah, it did.
0: Meanwhile in Japan, (laughs) go on down to the Christ Diner.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Their hash browns are heavenly. Get us out of here. (laughs)
1: Christ's
0: hometown, where he will he will is
1: is Christ. hometown. Is he the is he the fry cook? Is he just? um, Oh, he he does everything. Yeah, yeah. Makes water into wine, and um,
0: he he says, "Yeah, right. Exactly." (laughs) What do What what do you got? Mm -hmm. What what vintage? (laughs) Bread for the table. Give me one piece. Watch this. Yeah. No, it's that's what he does.
1: Fish for breakfast. This, you I got want, it. <laughs> if
0: you told me that this was what rich Christianity was, or that what heaven was, that you were going to go to a diner and Jesus was going to w- w- smile and welcome you, and he's like, "What's what am I serving up? What do we got?" You know, yeah. he's, he's making eggs for everybody. I like it's this. like, yeah, this is a good, this is a good heaven.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't have to wear a hairnet, and he doesn't because do the. He's got a you? you
0: No, Jesus. I have the perfect ratio of coffee to cream. I don't need you to lick to pour more in.
1: <laughs> he would know yes. not to ask. Right. Because he knows that you've got the I ratio I think the correct. level never
0: goes down. I think you're right. I think right. you take a sip of coffee and there's just more coffee there. I think you're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the way to do a
0: it. A lot of big line for the bathroom in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> You're walking on water. All right. All right, get us out of here.
1: Uh, <laughs> ich- Ichitake Masu the What did Usagi eat? In this episode, we see Yudiel placing something with batteries and wires inside of a can. Yeah, it's not that,
0: exactly eating, but yeah. No,
1: this is the only thing but that previously held mekon, so oranges. Oh, it was oranges. Yes. Okay. Um, so the
0: oranges come in a can.
1: Well, they're put there by a man. Yeah, right. Exactly. The, 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 these are canned oranges. Sure, yeah, or
0: like canned peaches. Oh, they yeah. have that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you could probably get canned, like mandarins here, right?
1: Well, mikan's are kind of like they're they're yeah, they're, I they're small, yeah. so they're that they would be kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the closest we got. Uh, villain gauge. We rate a baddie one to five dark stars. Five being the most wicked. Um, there is no Damon this week, but no. I thought we would do a deep dive into UDL. Um yeah, I think it's time. Yes. So, um, her name. So the Japanese pronunciation is Yujiaru, uh, but the English pronunciation is Udeal. Um, so Udeol's name is a reference to the mineral eudolite. Uh Udeolite's name uh, derives from the Greek phrase uh, uh meaning well decomposable. What? Um, it's a somewhat rare mineral, which forms an alkaline ingenious rocks, uh, some as uh, nepheline sinites, syn- uh, its name alludes to its ready solu- it, to it being readily soluble in acid.
0: Okay. So, uh um, light, that's what you drink uh, after you've uh, when you're hungover. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um just continuing the tradition of naming people after rocks. Yes. But like This is this is not go. We're not doing this forever, are we? Mm-hmm. Why rocks too? Why aren't they? Um,
1: she likes rocks.
0: Salt, but you know, why does she like chemicals like sul- sulfur, sulfuria, or something like that? She's a, a pharmacist. I
1: think she had like a rock. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. T-
0: oh my god. I'm You're just. I'm just putting young, things
1: on her. I don't nine, know.
0: We're finding out a lot uh, that might be true about uh, Naoko Dakeuchi. Uh A young Nako is is writing up her her character sheets. Deep, whatever uh, for her uh, her profiles for for her new characters she's like I need a name here yep. and she looks over at her wall and her minerals poster minerals yep. of the month club yep she's yep
1: like, udilite mm-hmm. yes come I on, think man. that's what's happening that's a pretty honestly. mundane
0: origin <laughs>
1: uh, well okay well you come up with something better um, while I'm I'm giving you more info about uh, okay udilite
0: okay
1: uh, varies in color. Most specimens include multiple colors, which range from pink, red, brown, violet, and green. So it's quite colorful. Um, the mineral sometimes uh, includes black uh, tourmaline, also known as uh, shrol, um or shrill, Excuse me. Udolite um, is used as a minor ore of. Uh, zirconium. Another use of eudolite is as a minor gemstone, but this use is limited because of its rarity. So it's pretty rare. Uh, Eudolite's rarity makes uh, locality useful in its identification. Prominent areas where eudolite have been found include Mount uh, St. Helaire in Canada, uh, Kola Peninsula in Russia, uh, pocas de Cal- Caldas in Brazil, but it is also found in Greenland, Norway, and Arkansas. These are very specific places.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are.
1: Uh, the lack of crystal habit associated with the color is also useful for identification, as are associated minerals. So, I mean, <clears throat> her her look. I thought we'd talk about her look a little bit too. Um, I mean, like Callanite, she's got red hair, um, but right. she's, and she has uh, bright red, red eyes as well, but her hair is bound in three different sections with uh, pink binders, and she has a giant red star earrings and a low-cut red sports bra with a giant red flower on the front, and she's wearing uh, red wide pants. What did you call them? Something specific.
0: Uh, and, I you would call me out, and I can't what remember what they're called. Either. Um,
1: and that they're they're narrow at the ankle um, with a a black fringe skirt on top. And this skirt has a, a red star in the middle of the waist. There's a star theme going on. Too many
0: stars. Yes.
1: I feel like it was something that was really popular in the 90s. But um <laughs> she she is also it, like it seems like something that like Gwen Stefani would wear. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm reaching, but uh she is also
0: <laughs> sorry, I'm not home right now. <laughs> leave it, I'm gonna leave a message. <laughs>
1: She is also wearing a black star choker, again, a star, uh, red wristbands, and a red strappy high heels. And of course, she often is wearing her lab coat as well.
0: Uh, They're not plaid, so they can't be Gwen Stefani pants. But yeah, I know know what you're saying.
1: Yeah.
0: This has to be a mystery that could be solved by going through our older episodes. (laughs) Or I could just remember that it's harem pants, which I just did, so... Uh, cool. Got that. Before we move on from Udile, I just want to say, uh, classic. Cla- this is if I know it doesn't make any sense to send people to like near the end, but like if you wanted to know New- Udile, this is where I'd send them. <laughs> this is it. Her best episode so far, and I got a real um, talking about comic books on uh, the show. Yeah, uh, I got a real uh, arcade vibe. You know, what arcade is no arcade. will maybe. I don't know. Now that the X Men are b- back with Marvel uh, movies, um, maybe we'll have to dig into arcade at some point. But uh, he was in the uh, Modoc show. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, who was he in Modoc? He's a guy who his whole deal is he creates fun houses that are deadly, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a yeah, really
0: yeah. expensive episode of a 1980s daytime soap. And uh, so you're going through, and it's like, oh, there's a guy as a statue, but it's actually a guy with a bow, and he shoots an arrow, and he will That match cut made it seem like that he shot that arrow, you know. And so like, he he puts the X Men in a giant pinball machine, and so the balls are gigantic.
1: That's terrifying. Uh, and they're going to crush
0: you, you know, and you have to like get out. His murder world is his is his theme park. Okay. And so like, she's God. and he controls it all from a from a, cent, a control center, and it's like.
1: Come on, X-Men, see if you can catch me. I, I totally get that. And that, that is a very uh, similar vibe for sure. Yeah.
0: It's something that was like, whoa, the 70s. It's the 70s. Uh, I'm a member of the Church of Later Days. Uh, and uh, man, there's nothing scarier than a jack-in-the-box holding an axe that comes out. I, don't think, I think, like, Our kid hasn't aged really well and there's okay, no way to yeah. be like, I'm sure somebody's done this, but like, oh, he's, in a, you're in an MMO and he's the Lich King and you have to fight him in a video game. I mean, it's like. Like this is an 80s kid show, afternoon kid show.
1: Right. But what it reminds me <laughs> Look of. Look out, Ghost Rider. <laughs> what, it, what it reminds me of is. Saw a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was, yes, you're right.
1: But he was Saw before Saw. Shh,
0: shh we're going to get Lee L in trouble. Okay, Lee Lee L right. was definitely a huge X-Men fan. Yeah, just like, what if Arcade, but scary?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> what if Arcade, but uh, rides a tricycle and is a puppet? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so now we are up to our rating. I like how dreamy this episode starts with Neptune and... Haruka and Haruka saying it's so unfair to leave me, you know, your world alone. Don't leave me alone. Um, I and then that 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 gets repeated. Um, That's great. I love um, Udiel's how how funny she is in this episode. Like the like we talked about with the the voicemail machine and the um, her recorder um, with the organ. It was just fantastic. so I'm okay that there's not a one in this episode because she's so excellent. Um, and then, <laughs> like, meet us on the rooftop aquarium. We'll strip you of your brooch, transform, and leave in a helicopter because we're badasses. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: Feel free to stay as long as you like. <laughs> I know. There's Watch sodas the in the fridge.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, before they enter the church, I mean, I just I love that we get that, like, okay, remember... We're 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 not helping each other out. We're not doing that, and it's just completely forgotten. And it just, it just it's heartbreaking. Just literally seconds later, because they're freaking out because they love each other, and I it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and you just feel how much they they love and want to protect each other. But it's also heartbreaking when Usagi is trying to see if the talisman Pure Heart will go back inside Kiru. <laughs> yeah, she is trying. She's freaking out so much. She's trying so hard. I just, I, I really feel so bad for Usagi.
0: <laughs> Don't forget the tourniquet. <laughs> <I know. laughs> they got all kinds of ways of putting talismans back I in chests. I
1: I feel, so, but my heart goes out to her in this episode. Well, her heart went out to you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I I think this is an excellent episode. I'm going to give it a five out of five roses. I've only
0: got one number to give out this week. Yeah. And it's going to be a five. Maybe mm-hmm. I, there's another five I can give out. Yeah. And it would be a 10. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not how it works. It's a fantastic episode. It's almost like, wow, all that edging really led to something big. <laughs> like, maybe I should subtract from it and distribute its points among the other episodes that oh. I had to watch to get to this episode. But Ooh. that is also not how it works. Um, you're right. Like the beginning, the the stillness of their lives as compared to... So toast in my mouth, oh, running into things. Oh no! Luna's yelling at her, and I know the, the fact that these characters who are only like a couple of years older are just so much more mature, and and the fact that you can have moments like these where they are uh, just contemplative and kind of still with each other. Yeah, couldn't do that with our other girls. No, too busy like eating things. Uh, <laughs> so that's great that to getting to spend that time with them. The last time. Maybe, who knows? Um, Udile is just, is kicking ass all over the shop in this and she's funny. And it's, she's funny and you know that they, they know, they, the people that made the show, know that she has to be because this episode is getting really dark. Yeah. So it's almost like they could have done the answering machine bit anywhere, but it's like, that's on the board. That's on a, on a card with a pin through it. And they're like, Now. Now is the time. We're going to take this one. You're going to laugh your ass off. Yes. And it's going to balance out when you're crying your ass off. You will be completely assless at the end of this. (laughs) And it all balances out. It's not an episode that's just completely dark and is just, we're we're heading for this fatalistic end that we know is going to happen. Uh, We are distracted by all the other great parts of the episode before we even get there. So I think they knew that. I think they designed the episode that way. And it all works. And it leads to this getting a five.
1: Mm-hmm. My English title is One Place Not Looked, Pure Hearts Inside Us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never the heart inside you. No. It's always... No, it is the heart inside you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you hire... We still don't know who they're working for or if they're working for anybody. But, like, you, you get two people who are going to go on a heart quest. Yeah. The first thing you do is go, "Let's see your hearts." Right.
1: Well, is there so you, any way? To... So you you yeah, you right. you
0: you take. Maybe, let's say you have your own device, and you go, uh, "Come here, one on the left." You pull their heart out. They're almost like, "What the hell, man?" You right. Go, this is a heart crystal. You'll notice it's not turning into a mirror, so. <laughs> You don't send them out, like, with the thing inside of them. Yeah, so, yeah. That's my God. I have some criticisms for this organization. But um, my me title, uh, you know, was kind of darkly referencing uh, Kurt Cobain before. Oh, uh, A yeah. lot, of, lot of 90s in this episode. So let's stick with that. Also on the music tip, which seems to be my entire theme for this season. We'll go with another Nirvana, Something in the Bay.
1: Oh, no. Next episode, we are talking about episode number 111. Say no shinpai no chikara, moon nidan henshin in Japanese, the holy grail's mystical power, moon's double transformation, the English translation, and the English title, the purity chalice. <laughs>
0: Okay, really excited. Getting more excited.
1: (sighs) That's what, okay, remember, this is, the purity chalice is the dubs, uh, what they call the Holy Grail.
0: I know. Okay. I know. I don't like.
1: (sighs) I don't like it either. I
0: don't like the purity aspect of it. No. I think that that is sexist. Uh, I know that they don't mean it that way necessarily, but, you know, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Okay. All right. It's all gonna come to a head. Mm All right. Yeah. All that not moving and now we're flying. That's right. It's like a rocket. Mm Mm-hmm. Why are they saying those numbers? And Why are they going backwards? Whoa! (laughs) It's kind of uh, what it's like. Don't go backwards. Go forwards and join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Sailor Moon where we've got entirely different podcasts?
1: How is Question that possible? I don't, yeah. how,
0: I don't know how they do it. And we do have other podcasts. Currently, uh, we are just wrapping up another round of talking about Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. which is the live-action 2000s Japanese show, which, speaking of a, things coming to a head, yeah. that show's amping up. Yeah, it was. And so we talked about that uh, for a couple weeks, but we're now switching back over and talking about Animes on animeification mm-hmm. a show where we talk, watch the first uh, episode of a uh, randomly selected anime series and uh, talk about if it's a, a good first episode yes. and if we would continue watching the show after that. Uh, coming up on the show, actually, I don't really know when this comes out compared to that, but I'll talk about what we're going to talk about next. In real time, uh, we're talking about Burn the Witch. Yeah. It's going to be an education for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Burn the Witch was a spin-off of Bleach. I didn't either. I haven't seen Bleach. So I'm double, speaking of the doubly transformed, I'm doubly removed from knowing what the hell's going on. Uh,
1: I, I've seen Bleach, but, but it's- But that yeah.
0: is a perfect example of what we're doing here because mm-hmm. maybe this will immediately make me go, well, I gotta find out more about Bleach.
1: <laughs> or maybe it'll do the opposite and be like, I don't know about this Bleach man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, that'll be starting soon. Uh, we're always looking for people to join us and become Senshi on our squad. So go to patreon.com forward slash sailor noob.
1: Well, that's it for our show this week. And the name of the moon will be punishing you next week with another episode of Sailor Noob. Jingo!
0: <laughs> <laughs>